Good evening and welcome back to the Joust for another season. That was very loud, but I'm very excited, Liam. I know it nearly blew your ears off. You want to know about excitement, Nagy? Let me tell you a little story to start the Joust. Every yeah. day when I drive into work, it's a hell of a commute. I drive from Bolton Point yeah. all the way into town, into King Street. And, uh, you know, when you're going down Scenic Drive, it's bush and it's bush and there's a drop-off. And it, it's very thick, yeah. very thick, lustrous bush. But there's a slight break in the trees and just about three kilometres down the way... Exactly framed between those trees. You know what you can see? What can you you say? can see Marathon Stadium. And mm. every day since the season ended, I've driven down there. I've driven past on my way to work. And I've blown three kisses to the stadium. Like, <laughs> and uh, my, my fiance sta she started looking at me funny when I first did it. Yeah. But uh, she quickly grew on the tradition. Um, more so that I wouldn't stop when she told me to. And it, it ju it's just been so exciting. And I think... This season is going to be blessed with luck because of my little kisses that I've been blowing to the stadium for the last three months. I'm not sure if it's going to be ble blessed with luck, but it's definitely going to be interesting, Liam, and it's going to be very interesting sitting down with you every week. Once again, I'm so happy to be back. But Liam, if we look around us, uh, we, we notice that we're no longer in the garage. No. No, we've, uh, we've moved up from the garage. We're now in more of a... Uh, oh, a workshop, I A suppose. workshop, yes. You know, this is our workshop. Yes, where and we ply our trade. It doesn't really feel... It doesn't feel the same, but it, uh, it's sort of like when you first move into um, like a house for the first time mm. and you spend the first night and nothing's really set up or... You know what I mean? Like yeah, you, you get to get takeaway because you rarely get takeaway. Yes. But, but none of the plates are set up and you don't know if the oven works properly and the fridge isn't set up, so you've yeah. got no food. It's always the thing with moving, you know. Yeah. You get everything moved and you think, ah, oh, thank God it's finished. But that's only the beginning because you've got to unpack everything. It's a never-ending cycle. And then yeah. you're like, you get to have a picnic in the living room. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. everyone's sitting in there. I think that was the first time I had KFC was when we moved to Sawtell. We had a picnic in the living room. <laughs> we better get on to this bloody football, Liam, otherwise yes. we're going to be talking for hours. So we uh, we kicked off with the first trial. Now mm. we're two trials in. Uh, the first trial was against the Dragons. Uh, Liam, what was the score against the Dragons? The score against the Dragons, I don't recall. <laughs> I think it was 16 points to 14. Yeah. No, uh, something to 10. 16 to 10. Yes, that's right. Yeah, three tries to two tries. I didn't think that was very indicative of the, the way the game was played. I think in the first half when each team had their uh, strongest strongest sides on, yeah. I think the Knights definitely had the, uh, had the, the ascendancy. And it was only really when the reserve graders came in in the second half that St. George kind of wrestled that back off us. Um, yeah. How did you see it, Nagy? Yeah, well, it was a very traditional trial in the sense that we did start the, the game with a full-strength side and then, um, you know, at that 40-minute mark, we just pulled them all off. And, mm. um, and you know, we had the reserve graders out there. We used uh, the likes of people that maybe, you know, not going to get a, um, a you know first-grade run and give them a bit of a try. Like, it's a trial in its true sense. Like, we had the, the large bench and uh, it, it seemed like it was how a trial should go. And we got some points on the board and I was reasonably happy with that. But... Uh, yeah, look, uh, then the Dragons put a lot on us in the second half, but mm. um, and we yeah we didn't keep up. But look, I've uh, taken some detailed notes, Nagy, as has been my want, as I, I've really missed doing this throughout the year, where mm. I watch a game of football you and still, I analyse it. You still take notes, Liam. I do, I did. Yeah. In the off-season, I actually recorded all the Knights' wins. They had one of those club days on Fox where yeah. they played all the Knights' wins. <laughs> and I watched them all back, and I did find myself taking a few notes here mm. and there. But these notes that I took from this game. Now, we got some very good go-forward from our... Starting forward pack. Now, this is not something, Nagy, that we're used to as Knights fans no. over the last few years. And it was not only the go forward from our starting props and second rowers, but it was continued when our reserves came on, when the bench forwards came on and made an impact. So yeah. that was a real positive. That front row rotation are looking like they can do a lot of damage between Clemmer, Gavitt, Safidi coming on, even Glasby's not Sorry, really... Clemmer, not Clemmer and 
Gavit. Gavay. Gavay. Jay Gavay. Jay Gavay. Does that sound like a Seinfeld name? Jay Gavay? Is a guy named Jay Gavay? Gavit just sounds so final. I don't know. There's a certain. Yeah, true. It just sort of. Anyway, sorry. All right, sorry, Jimmy. We don't know the exact pronunciation, but we're going with Gavay because we like it. We like it. Um, yeah, there were the front row rotations looking probably the strongest the Knights have had in, God, five to ten and years. The big, and the biggest. And the know. biggest, yeah. yeah, which is quite good. Um, this one's a very simple point. Pong at a Fitzgibbon. That try that Lockie Fitz scored. We're going to be seeing that all year down that left side. It was just gorgeous. Um, in defence as well, I thought the Knights really muscled up in defence again in a way we haven't seen in a long time. They were getting numbers in the tackle, but there was sting in mm. the tackle. There was There was a bit of a bit of hurt in the tackle and restricting the post-contact metres, except against Corbin Sims. For some reason, Corbin Sims was just running rampant. Um, Mm. And I like that the Knights have stuck to a similar attacking shape that they were using last year, where it's very much running along the tram line so you can have a very, very wide open side Mm. and a narrow blind side to exploit. It seems to be the case that Brownie's going to persevere with that, which I really like because I think that'll give Caelan Ponga the most room to move and it'll also give those wide-running second rowers and centres a much more widely dispersed defensive line to attack. So I really like the way that's shaping up. Now, Caelan to six, Liam. Caelan to six. This is everyone's, uh, Mm. you know, it happened in the Maori uh, Indigenous game uh, and, you know, I think there was some moments of brilliance from Caelan, but everyone else just said, well, it may as well just throw him in the bin now. Um, you know, trade him in. He's not worth his money and um, he's useless. He's not going to be at six and he's not going to be at one. You know? Well, That's what I would say to those people is that uh, don't think like that. Be positive. <laughs> Positivity is so much more fun. Yeah. And uh, look, the Maori trial game, was he was playing behind a beaten forward pack in a side that he'd you know, been with for five minutes. Mm. You can't take anything out of that. The two trial games, he's shown a few sparks. He has shown there's still a lot of work to do. Yeah. But again, this is a very new positional change for him. I say... Give him time. Yeah. I reckon... I, th- I think it's the only way. Like, He's the kind of player you put any number on his back. You could put him, trot him out there in the front row with Clemmer and he would somehow still come close to winning the Daly M. So yeah. what I would say to those Knights fans is just be patient. Give him time. If by round six it's gone to hell... Then we'll put him back, and you know what? There's still time. You can still go back to fullback. Now, we uh, played a second trial in Maitland, Liam. Uh, you and I were there. It was the first game of football for the season that we witnessed firsthand. The land of mates. The la- yeah, Newcastle's backyard. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and you know, it was, a, it was a great day out of Maitland. Uh, it was 400 degrees. Uh, no, it was only about 30, but you and I have very pale skin. We do. I put on four layers of sunscreen and still copped a burn. Yeah, yeah. The Irish never should have come to this country, Nagy. <laughs> they made a terrible mistake. <laughs> <laughs> um, they bypassed all these countries that would have yeah. been much better. Anyway. That's um, it, Scandinavia. Mm, beautiful. beautiful. I mean, we wouldn't have had rugby league, but still. We'd be happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was such a beautiful game out there, um, except for the result. The result left it down. On was, field was horrifying. Reserve grade played well against the New Zealand Jets. Reserve grade were great, actually. I was very positively buoyed by reserve grade. A couple of the young guns looked very strong. Yeah. Um, and actually, a couple of the young guns looked quite strong against St. George, even though they were the weaker of the two sides that were trotted out. But yeah, players like Phoenix Crossland, Tex Hoy, mm. looks really good at that fullback. Looks good, yeah. Um, Stafford Toa also actually scored the Knights' only try in the first grade game. Yeah, but yeah, the reserve liked, grade side looked very strong. I liked how there was players that played in the reserve grade side and they go, get out there for first grade as well. That's it. It's a proper reserve grade. Yeah. You play your actual reserves. I love that. Yeah, no. It was Loved really, it. It was very good. Um, yeah, but where did, it, look, where did it all go wrong? 
bit of everywhere, Nagy. It went wrong all over the park. There was just errors and penalties galore, you know, from uh, Danny Levi knock on at the base of the scrum, 10 metres out to Sione, 10 metres out from their own line in defence, mm. to um, a Sione knock on, I think, about five metres out from the Sharks line. Everywhere in between, there was errors, there was penalties. Mm. The Knights just couldn't put anything together at all. There was, I don't think we saw kind of two consecutive sets of six from the Knights. It was just yeah, they, impossible to get anything going at all. They struggled to to build pressure. And there were some, a few good kicks in um, by Pierce, and we put them down their end and sort of, um, you know, kept them up their end to put a, you know, a sort of a field finder kick. Um, and rather than, uh, that's not the expression, no, a field no, finder. No. Um, what's it called? Pathfinder. Lo- I mean, as long a, as it lands on the ground, it's a, found the a, field. A Nissan Pathfinder. Nissan Pathfinder <laughs> kick. Um, yeah, just to try to get some field position back. And But then we just couldn't build anything. We couldn't string anything together. Now, but Liam, I will say to you, that shark side that came out to play, for the, to play in this trial in Maitland would have to be the strongest trial side I've seen well, I don't, it, look, I, I'd forgotten how strong the Sharks are. Just it's as easy as to forget. The roster that they have. Mm. How didn't they win the comp last year even without Sean Johnson? And That's then they, a very good question, Nagy. But then now, like, between the players that they still have that played in their grand final now, you know, two, over two seasons ago, um, and they've they've kept a lot of that talent and um and then they've just added to it with more experience and talent like their two signings this year uh being John Morris John Morris no uh John, John Morris the coach John Morris but the Josh coach. Morris Josh the, Morris the experienced utility oh it's experienced outside back yeah and then you got Josh Dugan Andrew Fafita Paul Gallen uh, what's that other prop name? The the big fella, uh, Matt Pryor. Big, Matt Pryor. They're, yeah. all, they're all big fellas, um, but he's also played uh, New South Wales Blues uh, quite recently. That's it. They've got a team absolutely stacked with representative and former representative players. It's a yeah. very strong side. But yeah, again, yeah. you just forget about the Sharks for some reason. Yeah, they, they just seem to have um, yeah, this just talent right across the board, and, and they, they showed that d- muscle. Moylan onto like you know they had Moylan over, and then if they got stuck on one side. Uh, they could just like sort of crab across and find someone that's going to break the break the line, and hopefully, like that's the side that they will be playing through the season. That's the side we'll be playing in round one. More, mm-hmm. more to come with that. But um, it's you know, so we have to beat that side if we're going to be uh, contenders. But I think uh, for a side that like them, who was pretty much introducing uh, one of the Morris twins and Sean Johnson, and the rest of the side was pretty much the side that they've had for years. Uh, compared with us where we're injecting a lot of new players in a lot of new combinations uh, and then it being a trial so you're having lots of players coming off uh, and lots of new players coming on and so it's uh, I think you know 30 to 6 was, uh, was disappointing um, but it's a trial isn't necessarily about the wins I think we are you going to bring up Parramatta from last year? I was about year? to bring up yeah, Parramatta from I, last year which will be mentioned again in our, in our out and abouts which we've got for you this week we'll bring that up again but yeah, uh, yeah look you, you it was interesting going on to the, uh, the various Facebook pages after and seeing the season all but written off by so many Knights fans yeah. on the fo- yeah, back look, of one I, trial look, form. I, and I, it's, it, it's just... Look, the, the Clemmer signing with the Pierce and Ponger and everyone's playing, it's very exciting. It's right in Newcastle's backyard, uh, the, you know, the, the horticultural <laughs> um, capital of Australia. Uh, everything grows out there. <laughs> the grass had to be mowed at halftime. That's how... <laughs> how rich the we were uh, sitting the on soil. hay now. Yeah, 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 it's true. Um, it's from all the wildlife out true. there. True, from the farmyard animals. Um, it's the hunter's food bowl. <laughs> food bowl. That's yeah. what I was looking for. Like the Ukraine is to Europe. That's anyway, what Maitland so is 
to the Hunter region. It's disappointing to see your team going out there and getting beaten, mm. but there's 26 rounds, Liam. There's 26 months worth of football coming up. Isn't that an exciting prospect? It is very exciting, but it's a you know it's a war of attrition out there. Mm. We're gonna we're gonna take some time to really find our best football, and that's not to say uh, to you know the gelling to win games. I expect us to win. Uh, you know, in the first five rounds, I expect us to pick up some wins, but to play that team at our best, you have to expect it's going to be after you've you've played some minutes with the person inside of you. Um, and outside of you. <laughs> yeah. mm. And outside of you. Yeah. That's an interesting way that I put that. <laughs> it's an interesting way. <laughs> I like it though. It's very romantic. <laughs> yeah, a little bit too romantic. <laughs> Liam, if uh, your predicted lineup for round one, which is against the Sharks again. Now... What I've gone through, actually, Nagy, I've gone through what I think will be the strongest 17 for the season. And what we'll do as we go through, I'll announce the player, and Nagy will say who yeah. will be in that position in round one. So, and of course, this is um, somewhat educated, knowing <laughs> what Brownie's going to do. We, we do get Brownie on the phone very regularly. Yeah. And so this is knowing uh, certain decisions he might make and that we might agree or disagree with. But Sometimes he calls a little too much. Brownie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But just pretend <laughs> you're going through a tunnel. Um, so what I've got, I've got Connor Watson at fullback. I've yeah. got Edric Lee on one wing yeah. and Tao Tao Moga on that side in the centres. Well, you'd say that Tao Tao would probably not be there. Uh, he I mean, won't be it, for round one. He'll be unavailable, so you're probably looking at Sione. Yep, Sione will be there, as yeah. I believe Barry Tui's reporter on, good friend of the show, Barry Tui. Jesse Ramian in the other centre position. Now, mm. he, I was a bit worried. He didn't get very much ball at all during yeah. the trials. So mm. look for him to get a fair bit more ball as uh, the season at the end, opens up and the Indigenous Mario game, I was expecting him to do more, but you know that might, might be you know something to look at. You know, mm. a bit more of a target. Get Ramy in the ball. Yes, that should be the motto. That should be written on everyone's hands. They're right. They should write that on the match ball. In yeah. fact, uh, SKD on the other wing. Mm. I think again, a lot of people really underestimate how good SKD was for the Knights last year, and I will fight anyone who says he wasn't. <laughs> so he'll be on the other wing. Halves, you've got obviously Pong and Mitchell Pierce. Oh, do we have an update on SKD's rolled ankle? Will he be right for round one? Uh, as far as I know, he was only just uh, just not making the trial. With okay. The, the few weeks he has to recover, I'm sure. Very good. Very good. The starting front row, I think, will be David Clemmer and Jay Gavay mm. with uh, Danny Levi hooking until Slade Griffin gets back. Depending on Danny Levi's form, though, he did show a bit of pretty good stuff against the Dragons. He was zippy early. He uh, was zippy early yeah. and, you know, he could really uh, kind of stamp his authority on that nine and maybe give so. Slade a bit of a run for his money by the time he comes back. You want that, yeah. I'd, yeah. Hope, I'd hope that's the case. Yeah. Um, In the second row, I've got Lockie Fitz and Sione, who obviously, as you mentioned, will be going back to the centres. Mm. And in his place in the second row, who would you have for round one? Um, oh, look, Aiden Clara. Like, Got to yeah. be Clara. But yeah, but he's one been, of the Knights' but, best. But he's looking like he's going to be benched, which is strange because yeah. last season he was phenomenal. He was easily the best forward. He's another year older though. He is another year old. Yeah. But still, you know, I think he's still got so much good football left in him. Yeah. Um, and then I had Aiden Guerra at lock, mm. but it seems to be the case that Brownie will be paying, playing Tim Glasby. Timothy Glasby, undefeated mm. Queensland Origin player. At lock there. Um, then the bench looks like it could well be Kurt Mann, Daniel Safidi. I've got Tim Glasby there, but that could be one of the smaller forwards Browning likes to use, maybe James Bure. Yeah. And then uh, Herman Essie-Essie, yeah. who Barry Tui's reporting has a bit of pressure on him to even retain his spot, which interesting. is interesting. Very interesting. Because again, I thought Herman was very, very good last year. 
He offered so much. He, he he was one of our better forwards, probably after Guerra, our second best forward. I think it's a brownie PR movement. I think oh. it's a movement. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. right. PR movement. Yeah. PR, bow, bow movements, movements, all movements, all different movements. types of movements. Now, it's it's all about trying to reinvigorate him in SSA, mm. sort of stamp his authority. You give him saying like, you know, mate, it's no guarantee that you're going to be in this side. Uh, and then you watch the fire burn. I think he's a player. He loves his hands on the ball, him in SSA. He's... He, uh, he, you know, he's a guy that will. He's, I think, he's an important part of. He'll take the ball up just as hard if you're ahead by 20 points or you're behind by 20 points. Uh, and I think in the front row, it's really valuable. Which Quick. we saw in the trial, actually, he came on quite strong in the second half when the Knights were already down by a hefty amount. I think Brownie knows they're going to get the best out of him with a bit of pressure. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, I think he'll be chalk and cheese to the next person that tries to that that'll be in this spot. I think he'll outperform uh, Daniel Safidi. I think Daniel Safidi will take a little while to. To, to mould into the front row like he did last year. He'll mm. get the best footy at, uh, from him mid to late season. I yeah, feel. Interesting. This is just what I feel, Liam. Because he has, uh, they were reporting today that he's lost many kilos. He's in the best, shi- best shape of his life. Yeah. He's ship shape, I think I was ship trying shape. to say there. <laughs> shape up or ship out, Daniel. <laughs> but no, I, I'm expecting a, a very large season from Daniel Safidi as he is a large man. Everything he does is large. Yeah, that's true. I never really like weight, the weight look, watch when they're like, he's put on nine kilos of no. muscle. They always say muscle. Yeah. And then if they strip down, they're like, oh, he's much leaner. He's, he's looking for game time. I'm like, I thought he had all this muscle on him. <laughs> Surely that's effective. But yeah, they, they, they only they only talk nonsense. The way, yeah, weight gain in football is always seen as a positive. Yeah, when our missus bring it up around us, they're, they're furious. <laughs> We're not athletes, Liam. No, true. We managed to uh, speak to a few of the Knights... Fans at the front of the gate of Maitland. And uh, a few Sharks fans, of course. And a few Sharks fans We're as well. nothing if not balanced. Now. So we're going to take a short break and you can uh, check out our out and abouts with the Joust. Thank you, what's your name? Yeah, uh, Mark. Mark. So we're good, Liam? So I got Mark here from the Sharks, uh, 30 points to six. How do you feel uh, the game went for, for you boys? Well, I thought the first half was really good. Uh, Sharks, Sharks uh, played good uh, the first half. And um, we've got some good players for the Sharks now coming up. We've got, um, got some good halves. We've got uh, Chad Townsend and... Um, Sharks Sean Johnson. I think Sean Johnson, yeah. yeah, come back from... Um, so the Sharks are the real deal this year. they got, like last year, even this year's better. They've got better players and um, it's just good to be a Sharks supporter. <laughs> That's a good time. Obviously, the Sharks had a bit of trouble in the last few weeks. It's good to see a win. Yeah, yes, it's, it's been a good uh, good pre-season for the Knights, uh, for the Sharks, I mean, and... Um, I've seen a couple of good players. Paul Gallen, um, Paul Gallen, Wade Graham, and um, they had good games. And um, prior to the forwards, uh, the halves, the Josh Dugan, and um, had a good game. And Andrew Gafuda for Sharks. Any uh, any standouts uh, that you uh, really really liked uh, this week? Uh, yeah, some new uh, new players. Um, uh, Morris. Uh, Josh Morris from the Cannon Bulldogs. Yeah, yeah, he had a good game. How do you think uh, the hit out uh, round one in two weeks' time? How do you think we're going to go? Is that Newcastle? That's Newcastle. I think we're doing really good um, the next couple of weeks. We've got a lot of Sharks supporters and that, so so just uh, it's been a really good good game this 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 this, this game has been very good. And um, I'm I'm going to come that next next time, two weeks' time. Thanks very much, Mark. Love your thoughts. No, thank you very much. All right, guys, we've got another Cronulla fan here. We've got James here, former Knights fan, aren't you, James? Woo, yeah. Well, yeah. That was only when Paul, um, Paul Harrigan used to play. So uh, Paul Har- when Paul Harrigan left, Newcastle Knights was good. I already say shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, well, I, do, we start, do you want to do the reason I joined Newcastle? Uh, joined Cronulla, Absolutely, yeah, of course. It's because, well, my cousins are from Cronulla. 
And at the time I thought, well, I had a grandfather who was also a South Sydney supporter. I said, well, there's so many South Sydney supporters around that, you know. They're everywhere. South Sydney supporter. I went, and there's not many Shark supporters. So I said, I'll become a Shark supporter. And I've never looked back. Like to support the little guy. I like that, yeah. I've loved my team for 15, 16 years and I never, I'll never look back ever again. Never go back to Newcastle, never, because it's just, it's just the passion of mm. the game. Like, and they play so well. Paul Gullen is you know, the greatest player that ever lived. Well, except for Andrew Eddinghausen, of course. Yeah. <laughs> now, speaking of standouts, who are your standouts today in the uh, blue, gold, blue, black and white? I would definitely say Moylan. Moylan did very, very well. Um, he didn't score many tries, but um, he tried his best. Um, I'd say Chad Townsend, great kicking, and Sean Johnston too. Yeah, Sean Johnston was... Yeah, he looks very, like he's going to be a very good buy yeah. for you guys this year. Do you think he'll fit yeah. in nicely? It's good. It'd be good if we also brought in... Um, well, yeah, have we got Brett Morris? We're going to be our Josh Morris because then we're going to have the brothers together, and that way then it'll be just like what it was with the bull, with the Bulldogs. So yeah. Anyway, James, thank you very much thank for your you time with us, mate. Much appreciated. Go, go Sharkies! Sharkies forever. <laughs> Cheers. Now, ladies and gentlemen of the Joust, we've got some Newcastle royalty here. We're with the Knights, Nenners, Wendy, Wendy, and Joan. Now we'll start with Wendy here. Sorry, mate. What was it, Jesse? I've forgotten Jesse. Not one of the Nenners, but clearly a part of the group. We'll start with Wendy. Now, Wendy, what happened today? What went wrong? It's only a trial game. Last year, Parramatta beat us 70-something, and they got the wooden spoon. So we think Sharks for last. I like that. Sharks coming last. You heard it here first. <laughs> they could do. It's only not, The season hasn't even started yet, so mm. give them a chance. Yeah. Now, yeah. I'm going to Wendy next again. Who are your standouts so far in the red and blue, Wendy? Uh, I like Sione. Mm. He's playing well. Clemmer. I think he's playing well, too. Um, I think Ponga's... Playing well, but I think he's a target, mm. you know, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. But I will say as a Knights fan, it's good to have someone worth targeting. Now, Joan, we've just mentioned David Clemmer. Hair or no hair, what do you think? Oh, hair, I think, yeah. No, no, no looks hair. tougher. No hair? No. hair. So we got two for no hair, one for hair. Jesse, what do you reckon? Yeah, hair. Got to be hair. All right, we're split down the middle. I'm going to be the deciding vote. I reckon no hair because he looks absolutely terrifying. But I like what we've heard here from the Knights Nenners, Cronulla Sharks to finish last in 2019. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Cheers. We're here with a true blue uh, Knights fan, Nathan Pickard. Now, mate, didn't go how we thought it would. Uh, where did it all go wrong? Uh, pretty much everything went wrong. Yeah, she didn't turn up. Just, yeah, no good. Who, uh, who really let you down? Who did you think uh, this, this, uh, this week, were you excited to see him in the red and blue and it was a bit of a, bit of a lead balloon? Uh, we're excited to see him. Um, <laughs> yeah, just didn't turn it the way we wanted. Uh, Ponga played all right. Watson had a bit of a, bit of a shocker. <laughs> Probably the best way to say it. Uh, yeah. Where did the, uh, the Sharks beat us? Where did you think, uh, who, who ran all over us? Uh, you know, numbers 1 to 27, basically, just... We just didn't have it. Yeah, giving the ball away, stupid penalties. Two weeks from now, we're playing the Sharks again at home. Uh, what do you think the result's going to be then? Oh, I think it'll be a lot closer. I think it'll be, uh, I don't want to say a Sharks victory, but um, I think they might just pip us. <laughs> let's, uh, let's hope not. Uh, I was a little bit disappointed with the result as well, uh, but uh, hopefully, lot, you know, a lot of players coming into the side. Uh, hopefully, there's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Do you see a bit of light at the, even at the start of the tunnel? Do, can you see the tunnel? I can see the tunnel, all four eyes. Um, I think it's going to take you know, a good uh, two, three, maybe six rounds um, to get us you know, gelling really well. And um, yeah, after that, I think we might see some, um, some good form.
Ponger at uh, six, you like it? Oh, I'm not convinced yet. I prefer him at uh, fullback, but you know, we'll see how it plays. Nathan Brown knows what's going on, so trust in Brownie. Fingers crossed for a good result in two weeks. Thanks, mate. <laughs> and welcome back to the second half of the Joust. Uh, now, it was so nice catching up with those Knights Nanners, Liam. Oh, it was incredible. They were absolutely wonderful. And, uh, you know, it was, it was they, the two Wendy's. The two Wendy's, Wendy's and Joan, and, yeah. you know, just jumped at the chance to come on uh, on the show. So, ladies, thank you very much. We really enjoyed having a chat with you. And good to hear from some Sharks fans as well. Obviously, they had a, you know, a lot to crow about. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's good to hear, get both sides of the story. And, yeah, look, Nanas, we'd love to have you on. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. We're going to be at as many Knights games as we can. Uh, so, please, if you see us uh, after the game or during the game, come over and have a chat and uh, and uh, see if you can... We'll put you on at halftime. We're very chatty for, people. <laughs> for our out and about <laughs> with the Joust. Now, Liam, some points, uh, you know, you get quite angry at th- certain things in life and, uh, you know, you, you, you will talk about them quite passionately. Uh, almost like you were taking them personally. Yes, I'm a seething ball of rage at times, Nag. You want to know what I'm taking personally this week, Nag? No, I do, I do. Please I'm so. taking personally the demise of the footy show. Now, while I love the demise of the footy show because it means people will watch our show instead, mm. I still think what we're seeing is a painful and, you know, really just, it's something that had such a fire burning for so long and it's just died and became embers and died a very slow and painful death. <laughs> and that, and when you love something, you don't want to see it go out in that manner. You know, I would have loved to have seen the footy show, show go out five years ago when it was still... It, no, not even five years ago. It was it, mm. it, it The decline had already begun. It would, you know, it just infuriates me the way Channel 9 treated it as the heart and soul of the show slowly got torn out and they replaced it with, you know, people who either weren't suited to it, didn't do a good job of it, or just sucked in general. And I took the demise of the footy show very personally because it formed so much of my youth. It informed me about football, which it hasn't done for a number of years. It it informed my comedy sensibilities. It basically taught me everything I know about how I want to enjoy football and talk about football and discuss football and to see the way it was treated in the last few years and in the lead up to its death, I'm taking that personally. <laughs> but the other thing I'm taking personally about that is the criticisms that have been leveled at Erin Molan particularly. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm not Erin's biggest fan. I, I will admit that. I, I think she does a, quite a good job, but I think it's quite unfair that a lot of people have placed the blame of the demise of the footy show on her shoulders. By the time she came in, it was already sinking. It was on its way down. Yeah. And I think it's just been absolutely horrible the way that some people have spoken about her as kind of the death of the footy show. I'd argue that, you know, Slater was worse for it. I think he was a terrible host. Yeah, he was not very good at all. Can we just look at that for a second where there was uh, that that Michael Slater, uh, known Australian cricketer, came onto the footy show and was there for a year? Mm, the football show. And he hosted it. Yes, a cricket man hosting the football show and the, the slow kind of replacement of Fatty and the way that they treated Fatty and just eventually gave him, uh, you know, an, uh, the boot. Well, the year they got rid of uh, Chief was the one that I was like, why? I mm. thought Chief had, uh, had so much to offer because it was just a different perspective. They all seemed like guys that didn't, they weren't suited to television and that's what made it good. It worked. That's yeah. it. When you get four people in a room that aren't suited to television, it rarely works. But for those four, at the time when you had Sturlow, Matty, Chief and Fatty running mm. it, that was... Just unmissable television. Yeah. And so Channel 9, I'm taking it personally <laughs> that you have destroyed something that was such a part of our youth. Yeah. It was so ingrained in the culture of rugby league and it was just something beautiful. You had something beautiful. 
And you ruined it. Well, you know, it's a new year, Liam, and there's been. Sorry, like Channel Nine. If you don't want to pick up the joust, though, we will. Uh, <laughs> we will talk. We will chat. <laughs> we'll we'll sit down with you. But no, Liam, there's uh, lots of new shows coming to Channel Nine. Yes, Nagy, yeah. do you know what's um, on the schedule this uh, this I this do. coming year? I can say now that Daryl Summers will be returning to Nine. Daryl Summers is returning to Nine. What oh. will Daryl be doing this season on Nine? Well, Daryl Summers will be touring with uh, the Australian Youth Percussion Group in preparation for the Commonwealth Games. Oh, and what are they calling this? This uh, brand new television show. Summer's Drummers. Summer's Drummers, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. Summer's Drummers <laughs> will be coming to our screens <laughs> not, this winter. 9.30 Thursdays, tune in for Summer's Drummers. Replacing the footy show. <laughs> How do you replace the irreplaceable with Daryl Summers? Now, Liam, it's time for Six of the Best. You're six of the Best. Six of the best, Liam. Uh, uh, for us to, uh, to kick off the season, obviously, it's a bit of a introspective on looking on the coaches of these NRL teams, 16 of them, uh, and I think we named six of them that are under a little bit of pressure. Let's put a little fire underneath them. Who do you think uh, is the coaches most under pressure this year? Look, I'm going to start with our very own Nathan Brown. I think he's, you know, had the, the keys to the place the last few years. He's mm. had his way in the rebuild, and I think personally he's done a phenomenal job so far. You make it sound like he lives there. Like well, <laughs> uh, he may well do. I don't know. I haven't been to his house. He hasn't answered my letters, so they must be going to the wrong address. So he may well live there. But, yeah. um, you know, he's... He hasn't had much pressure put on him because I think everyone realised the enormity of the task that he was uh, attempting in the mm. rebuild. Um, but this year, with his open-ended performance-based contract, the pressure really is on him to perform. And I think if the Knights don't make the eight, um, Phil Gardner and West might be sitting down and having some tough decisions with Nathan Brown. But, yeah. you know, I, like I said, he's done a phenomenal job so far to get the Knights the roster that he has now and the setup that they have now. And I think this year... A lot hinges on this year for Nathan Brown personally, but you know I believe in Brownie. As we've always said on this show, we believe in Brownie. Yeah. We um 100% behind Nathan Brown. We're on the Brownie bandwagon, <laughs> but I still think that he will be under a bit of pressure this year. Now, uh, the the coaches are sort of been chopped and changed and dropping like flies. And uh, I think my first uh, coach, I think, is under a lot of pressure is Sticky Ricky. Sticky Ricky down in Canberra. He's got one of the worst win loss records uh, over the last few years. They uh, Canberra has only only made the finals one time in his tender down there. And that's it. Like, he's so rusted on. If he's never under pressure before, why now, Nagy? Well, I just feel like, uh, you know, with that really strong 2016, I think they had, 2017. They did 16. They finished second yeah. and made it to the preliminary final. Yeah. Either side of, I think both years, either side of that, they finished 10th. And they can't really hang on to that for too much longer. So he needs to perform this year. And his squad, you can arguably say it's, it's not as strong as it was last year. So, uh, and now he's got a he had a massive injury uh, to the hooker. I've forgotten his name. Josh Hodgson. Josh Hodgson. And now he's got uh, another injury for a similar length of time to uh, Rapana. Jordan Rapana. Yeah, Rapana. Jordy Raps. Jordy Raps, yeah, yeah. I always get the Rapana uh, in the wrong sort of... Well, uh, it's because they changed it. Remember, it was... It was Rapana. It was Rapana, Rapana. and then it was Rapana, Rapana. and now it's a Rapana. Rapana. So, it's a toughie. We're sorry, Jordan. You know Jordan listens to the show, obviously trying to get all the intel he can on the nights. Um, so, Jordan, if you want to correct us on that one, just uh, send a message to... Is Karen back? Karen should be back in Karen the office. Karen should be yeah. back in the office. Yeah, so yeah. just uh, send a fax to Karen. <laughs> uh, who else have we got for uh, <laughs> under pressure coaches? I think it's got to be Brad Arthur. Mm. Now, when Brad Arthur went to the Eels, he was faced with another rebuild. And I think it was his first year where he had those salary cap issues. And they almost made the eight despite the salary cap. And then they had that great year uh, in 17 yeah. where they came to within one game of the grand final. But then with what happened last year... 
I think the the blowtorch is really going to be under him to to get that side really turned around because there hasn't been too many big signings. They've got uh, Blake Ferguson, um, but they've that's been all. That's oh, a, yeah. I no, they've got Joseph Paulo. No, Junior Paulo. Yeah, from Canberra. Yeah, to provide a bit of starch up front. But I think Brad Arthur's going to have a lot of pressure on him. Uh, I was going to say retired. No, he quit. He today. quit. Yeah. He quit today. So those sorts of things will put a strain on on a head coach because now is he's the only one uh, that people will look to. So I think John uh, John Morris is under a lot of pressure for yourself, Liam. Is I've a- got Ivan Cleary next mm. as well now. We all watched the Ivan Cleary, West Tigers, Penrith Panthers situation pan out through the season last year, and it was such a mess, and it was such a debacle. And for a coach that, again, he's very much a rebuilding coach. He doesn't have a, a, a phenomenal win record. Yeah. Um, and for him to be built up with such a hype, you know, Penrith went so hard to get him. I think the pressure's really on him. He's got a lot of talent there. Like, he's got mountains of talent there at the foot of the mountains. Um, and I, I think if the Panthers don't perform... The Panthers fans are going to be baying for blood. Seeing what their club went through last year, they'll be expecting immediate performance, I think. They'll be expecting really very big things. And, you know, with the whole club essentially being restructured around Ivan and Nathan Cleary, if that relationship doesn't play out... I think that club could be in a whole lot of trouble. So well, a lot of pressure on Ivan. You'd think a lot of pressure is going to be on Gus too because they pulled so many strings to get Ivan oh. back to the club. Uh, and if it doesn't work out, you know, who's who's at fault there? So mm. I think you could probably see a, a bit of a shake-up with, uh, with Gus and then that will filter down to the coach if you get a new director of football with a different idea of uh, how that club should be run. I agree Who? with Ivan Cleary. So I'll, I'll finish with the last one. Yeah, we got for number six. Uh, number six, uh, Paul Green. Uh, Paul Greeny. Well, this is only because now he's he had a lackluster last year um, because you know obviously Jonathan Thurston's last year didn't pan out like everyone thought it would. Uh, they made the the grand final the year before with uh, so you had a better side last year that they could just couldn't get things working and it was a bit odd. At the end of the year they, they seemed to you know get the wheels moving again, but it was too little, too late. Mm. Now they're without Thurston. Uh, Barber's just dropped out of their side, but I think also like that whole coaching staff. Uh, it, Cowboys administration, their choices of um, having Thurston leave and you had a player like Ponga in in that system and has let them go. Uh, so it's I think it's a bit look for the for the sake of Lachlan Coote, who's now no longer with the side either, and his his hamstrings were all dodgy by the end of it. So I think it's more on the player management side. Uh, and now that they've gone for Barber and lost Barber almost immediately. So I feel that it's uh, it's you know Paul Green's under a host of pressure that he's probably not used to even though he's been in uh, two grand finals in the last five years Mm. so yeah so some coaches performing and under pressure for that reason some coaches not performing under pressure for that reason Nagy would it be safe to say that every coach is under pressure all the time? <laughs> yeah. Well, who would want to be an NRL coach? Uh, just because it's such a fickle business. Of Isn't like, it fickle? It's, you'd have to, basically, you'd have to be making the finals consistently. And then if you're making the finals consistently, everyone's expectations higher. And it's, why haven't we won a grand final? Plus, so. there's literally only 16 jobs in the country. So mm. you've really, you've got a lot of people to contend with, I would imagine. Yeah. you got to, Some people get a few bites of the cherry, like uh, the Jason Taylors of the world, and then continue to fail. So <laughs> <laughs> he's just got assistant coach written all over from Jason Taylor doesn't he like the poor bloke, poor bloke. but uh, hasn't had a good run as a head no. coach since Parramatta back in 08 I think it was 09 09 thank you yeah when they had that dream run now Liam I think it is time again can you check the time because I, I think Maggie. it's time you know what time it is <laughs> I think it's time for the news <laughs>
I forgot to look at the camera. That's now. right. My apologies. <laughs> it's been a long while, Jousters. It's been a long, long while. First week but, back. Uh, yeah, first week back. We're blowing out a few cobwebs around here. <laughs> um, now, Nagy. Yeah. This off season has arguably been the off season, the worst off season <laughs> rather in recent memory, maybe yep. in NRL history. Um, and it's all been terrible news. So let's not cover that. Let's avoid it entirely. <laughs> the one piece of news that I it's, do want to cover, I think it's been covered. I think like it's, it's been it's, covered. It's been done. Every every night I went home and I watched the news or something mm. else about about to have a beloved game. Yeah. That was just you know pushing it further and further into the dirt. So we, we're what? not going to do that here. We don't want to be negative Nancys here at the Jazz. So we'll leave that for other people to discuss. But there is one thing that we do want to discuss, and Nagy, it's the uh, the new policy that has been brought in by the ARL Commission mm. uh, that is in regard to these player misbehaviours. Now, it's the policy of the no-fault stand-down. And yeah. Now, this has raised the ire of basically everyone on both sides of the argument. But what I can get from it very basically is that a player who has committed a crime, yeah. which contains within the crime a yeah. maximum sentence of 11 years will be stood down indefinitely mm. until the court has made their decision. Now, they will be stood down under no fault clause, which means there is no assumption of guilt mm. or innocence. And this has raised the ire of everyone because people are saying, well, no, they're, if they're being stood down, they're to be presumed guilty. And yeah. it, well, no, they're being stood down because they're about to face a court hearing and they're going to be stood down regardless yep. it doesn't matter if they're presumed guilty or presumed innocent so this is a no fault clause still letting the courts go through their system mm-hmm. uh, you know and and their due process uh, but it's and they're not being sacked from their club no not at all they will be stood down on full pay i believe they can still maybe train with the club i don't i didn't do much research into this Maggie. <laughs> um but anyway it, it just seems like it's really raised the ire of a lot of people but it's a move that the nrl had to make if they hadn't made the decision they'd be damned by half the population but they did make the decision now they're damned by the other half of the it's, population it's a gamble it's yeah. it's, it's a gamble and the the no fault clause the stand down just means that you know it, it, it the severity of the crimes uh is the reason that they're for before the court ever there's no secret behind the severity of the crimes um so and if they're found guilty and then they're suddenly go from playing one week to jail um mm. you know it's just like you know you, you've got leave with pay uh indefinitely <laughs> which i would like to think in a, you know in any other place of employment if you've got a court case coming up you're going to be you know given leave with pay so yeah. that you can arrange yourself in a manner that you'll be able to present yourself to the court and give that your full attention i think mm. which is i believe is the intention of the whole policy it's that the entire focus of that player and of that player's management and legal team can be put towards the case. So mm. if anything, it almost helps the player because it allows them, if they you know, plead their innocence, it allows them to strengthen their case. It allows them to focus only on that. And it also takes away the fact that they'll be playing football very distracted. They'll be playing football with a dark cloud hanging over their head. And you've got to remember, even if these players are innocent of any crime whatsoever and they're still being charged with it by some sort of... Uh, circumstance outside of their control. You have to remember that the this game is played in front of tens of thousands of people at a time. Um, if you're at a Knights game, if you're at a Roosters game, it's sometimes played... Tens of hundreds. Tens of people at a tens time. Of people. Are in the crowd. <laughs> now, those people are uh, typically, you know, judge, uh, jury and executioner. When it comes to... We saw Matt Lodge getting booed viciously uh, mercilessly. mercilessly and uh, he was found you know not guilty of a crime in the end or he, he found guilty of a crime? well no he there was, was some sort of thing uh, that anyway he, he was allowed to play but the and he, he's come out and said how much it affected him uh, and you got to think these are young guys so like you you take them out of that sphere and you don't let the crowd uh, sort of uh, bark their opinions around the crime to them until it's all settled in court and then if if they're 
if they're found innocent, welcome back to the game, clean hands. So mm. I'm, I'm 100% behind now, it. Now, a lot of people have said that this decision is bowing to the court of public opinion. But mm. I think it, you know, it kind of straddles a bit of both. You're, you're bowing to the court of public opinion because, yes, a player may have misbehaved and will be stood down. But you're also playing against the court of public opinion whereby a lot of the public are saying, well, no, they should play until the very moment they're locked up in jail. Yeah. I think that's the... the we can't have that anymore. Like, yeah. this off-season has shown that we can't just do nothing and stand by these people if, if you know, the, the severity of the crime. So, 11 years is, is, is a pretty high standard to set. That's it. I saw the list of crimes that carry a maximum of uh, 11 years, and it's pretty bad stuff. It's yeah. not good stuff if, you're facing down the barrel. If anyone's thinking about the player in their team that's, you know, I wish they wasn't standard, just think, how many times have you been accused? of a crime that has 11 year sentence <laughs> you know what I mean it's not like it's a, an it's, everyday thing it's yeah. not a speeding ticket that's it's, it. not it's not going 65 in a 60 when you're on the in, in a rush home from work yeah it's not even getting done low range the next mm. day like you know when you thought oh look I thought I'd be fine because I'd been home for 10 hours and turns out that you know um, Mark's bucks the night before was really a big one uh, so it's, they didn't find Mark for 3 days <laughs> did they <laughs> Mark's dead <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think they're uh, they had to act and I think at the moment uh, look they've uh, as far as I can see, look, I think I agree with the decision uh, and we'll just see how it pans out. Mm, yeah, Lamb it's a toughie either way. It is, it is. Look, Liam, round one is on Friday night. Friday so. night, the 15th of March, not this coming Friday for you who will be listening to the show between Wednesday and Friday, Yeah, uh, but the following one. For those who will be listening to the show after Friday, it will be the next Friday for you. Mm. So, <laughs> it's work hard. that out. It's hard because you'll be watching it in the future. Now, yes. Liam, uh, score prediction for uh, the game against the Sharks? Oh, look, I, this is a toughie because the Sharks just have our number over the last few years. Mm. But, however, mm. I think those numbers are going to change. I think they're going to come up nights. And I'm thinking it's going to be a fairly high-scoring affair. I'm going to go with the Newcastle Knights winning the match. Yeah. Uh, 24 points to 20. Okay, I think they're going to lose 24 points to 14. Oh, all right. You uh, heard it here first, fans. <laughs> I don't want them to lose, no, I but know. I just think that this is the way it's going It's go. the Sharks, though. I know it's a toughie. Do you have, Nagy, a ladder prediction? Because uh, avid, avid listeners of the show will uh, remember that I believe last year we said we'd finish somewhere between 9th and 12th. We sat very neatly in there at 11th. 11th so yeah. uh, I thank you. Fans, <laughs> I, I just heard of a light round of applause from our listeners. So, Nagy, where do you think we're going to finish this year? Uh, look, I, I'm, I think we're going to finish fifth. I think it's, uh, we've got fifth written all over us. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if we can spend any time in the middle of the season in the top four, it will be fantastic. But I think we're going to not only make the eight, but put a bit of a dent in there and show that we're just as good as uh, any top eight side. I'm going down a very similar route to yourself, Nagy, but I'm going to go one spot lower. I think we're going to finish in sixth position, but... Uh, Hell, just making the eight, it will be incredible. Mm. <laughs> if, if we make the eight, we'll burn the city to the ground. <laughs> there won't be a thing left if we make the eight. Yeah, there'll be riots. It, yeah. It's going to be fantastic. It's been fantastic talking with you once again, Liam. Uh, I look forward to doing it all season. Please join us uh, next week. Uh, if you like us, like us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Twitter. All those social pipes. Every single pipe, Maggie. <laughs> uh, it's been fantastic, guys. Uh, and a little bit of a welcome back to us, Liam. Welcome back to you. Welcome and welcome back. back to you. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back.